We now live in a world where Charlie Strong is no longer the USF head coach. We live in a world where anything can happen. And we're going to talk about that. This is episode nine of the Bullseye podcast. This is an emergency recording given today's events. We wrote the check. Shockingly. We wrote the check. Uh, it, it seemed to almost come out of nowhere because I know for the last 36 hours we've been getting almost hourly reports on Twitter. All quiet on the USF front. All quiet on the USF front. Then what about 1 o'clock my time? You know, there's a notification that there's going to be a team meeting at 3.30 Eastern time. Then what was it about? Three o'clock on the East Coast is when the news broke. I mean, it wasn't really out of nowhere. I mean, everybody saw it coming. It was just when, not if. Like, yeah, pretty much. Strong was going to be fired. He, he, his, oof. It just everything was bad, and it wasn't better. I mean, uh, the the what was more reassuring was that there was no no actual saying of anything because if USF goes and says, yeah, Charlie Strong will be here next year as a confirmation, then you can be worried, but they didn't say a single thing, which meant obviously things were going on in the background. So uh, I did see on, on Twitter a little bit ago that Mike Kelly met with uh, Charlie yesterday. There was nothing mentioned in that meeting that he was going to be fired. No, no talk of uh, him being out. Then the news came out today, and I also saw on Twitter that probably means that Mike Kelly gave him a chance to say, here's my plan for year four, here's my plan for the future of this program, and apparently Mike Kelly did not like the uh, explanation he was given because uh, here we are. Honestly, I don't know if that's what would have happened in this meeting. I feel like Charlie was gone no matter what. Just because the university, you know, as the university needs to save face and say, hey, this dude's gone. Let's talk about, you know, what we're going to do. I bet, I bet Charlie went in and said, Hey, um, you need to, I know I'm gone. I'm going to collect my paycheck at the end of, uh, this two weeks or whatever. Um, here's who I want to be the interim head coach as my recommendation. And it was, uh, Brian G. Marie. And then, and then it was probably it. And then he got fired. I don't think you have to read into it as much. Um, I would say I think it's, I think it's good practice as you know, it's, as a, you know, as a leader, as in Mike Kelly's position to it. You know, you're paying him the money regardless. You might as well listen to hear what he has to say. And if he had some grand plan that you think could work, then and maybe something you could justify. But it's it's worth at the very least to listen because you're going to spend five million dollars regardless of whether you keep him or not. But right. At the same time, after the season we've had, after the season we had two years ago, after the all the hype, all the buildup leading up to Wisconsin, saying that this year was going to be different, that we found and fixed the problems, and it clearly wasn't. It must he would have needed to say just the greatest words to ever been spoken to get out of this one. He would have literally needed Blarney's gift to get out of uh, getting fired here because the fan base has been calling for his head for months now. You have been calling it for years. Um, yeah, exactly. Me too, I think. But <laughs> you know, either way, it's like, yeah, no, it, this this was going to happen regardless. Um, it was just a question of when, not if. Um, so I'll give you the rundown. This is uh, courtesy of WUSF's tweet seven seconds ago. 
Uh, Charlie Strong has been fired after posting a 21 and 16 record in three seasons, but that includes going four and 14 the last year and a half. Um, Charlie took a uh, 11 and two team in Quinton Flowers' final year and turned it into this four and eight shell of its former self. Sadness. Um, there are going to be major changes. There have to be major changes and starts with Charlie Strong's firing that go on within the USF organization. And I've read every single tweet today about how <clears throat> from, from people who say uh, Charlie Strong would be, you know, we should keep him. He's a great guy. He uh, paid a lot of the under understaff guys, you know, a little bit more of a little bit more cash, you know, out of his own pocket, or he would do these uh, events and things. And he was a good good man, All right? And I'm not going to take that away from him. Um, but goddamn, was he a shitty god like football coach? Um, we should have listened to uh, all the fans online from the University of Texas when we hired him about uh, all their warnings because. He got fired for basically the same exact thing that he got fired at Texas. We thought it might be um, a little, you know, here or there with Texas not, you know, enjoying him particularly for a few reasons. But it was a lot of it was real people saying he's a bad head coach. He couldn't lead a team if he tried. I agree with those people from the University of Texas, um, our Horn Bros. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a transition. We're gonna lose a lot of recruits probably who were committed to Charlie, <clears throat> but that's uh, that's to be expected, right? I, I'm currently counting on Twitter. One or two have officially come out and say yes. I've reopened my I've reopened my uh, recruitment process. One or two others have come out and said that. Uh, well, more through emojis, just you know conveying that their disappointment on the news, but this is just something it, it had to be done. And uh, Charlie Strong, I got to meet him. Uh, great guy from the one time I met him. It's, it's not personal. It's we, I hope for all future success for him, but I'd like to beat C again in the near future. <laughs> so now begins the, na- the national search that uh, Michael Kelly is running. Um, that's going to get as many names as we possibly can for this job that's wide open. I don't know what the budget is. It's a national search, but um, I, I imagine Kelly has a plan. Um, what are some what are some names you guys have heard or would like to hear um, in contention for USF's head coaching job? Should we start off with a gigantic albatross? Go ahead, Carl. <laughs> All right. So Willie Tiger probably already has his interview scheduled. Let's be perfectly honest. I don't know how likely it is he actually gets the job considering that, yeah, he did leave USF already on not necessarily the greatest terms of all time. And then he went on to you know, not be as successful as necessary at the higher level. It, yeah, I am on record saying that I think that he didn't get quite a fair enough shake at FSU. And I think he needed more time there. But at the same time, I still would rather not go on retreads. I would like it if USF just moved on to someone new and hungry that uh, is go- that is going to want to win immediately at USF, someone who has a little bit more urgency to start winning at USF immediately because of the fact that, look, 
they're just breaking onto the scene. They're going to, they're going to want, instead of, um, instead of Willie Taggart, who he's been on the scene for a little while and so far has failed his big audition at FSU. So Jim Levitt, right? I'm not going to answer that. (laughs) But that said, Willie Taggart probably has an interview scheduled already. Um, It, frankly would be silly not to interview him, especially because he's apparently quite interested. I just don't think that'd be the best move for USF. I don't think it's the worst move for USF, but I don't think it's the best move. Tampa Times also put out a list of potential coaches. Obviously, both Levitt and Taggart were on there. Some um, other highlights, Lane Kiffin, we discussed, what was it, a week or two ago, how that's not going to happen. He's not leaving Boca. I definitely want to hit that list, though, because there are a couple things on there I saw that were quite interesting. Kendall Bryles, that's not going to happen. Oh, God, no. I just can't see. USF over the years has shown that they're not – they take baggage into account. I just can't see – I just can't see even a new president signing off on that. Uh, The one that caught my eye was Joe Brady, the LSU pass game coordinator. I have to agree. He is a Florida native. Uh, you know, I don't know if it's going to be it's because he has Joe Burrow or not, but, you know, he's when you're coaching a Heisman contender, you're going to get a shot, but we'll, we'll see what happens there. The one I also saw interesting was what to do with Sean King, the current uh, running backs coach at USF, who is going to be a head coach eventually, but. What are you guys? What are your guys' thoughts on that name or any other? I have all that Sean King is good for, in my opinion, is um, recruiting. He's an ace at recruiting, um, but he is not head coach material as of yet. He's still young. He still has a long way to go. I would not even, unless unless he brought in offensive coordinators and defensive coordinators who have a lot of experience, I would not put him in charge. I know the I know that players like him, and I know that <clears throat> again he's an amazing recruiter for the Tampa area. But it's just I don't see what what other people see in Sean King. the The running backs, the running backs are have have fallen off tremendously. Um, but how much of that's because of the O line this year? I want to. Here's my here's my thing: is I don't want to ask how much of X is is one person's problem and not everybody under that person's problem. That's fair. Um, Because this entire season, we're like, who's running the offense? Is it Charlie? Or or is it um, uh, or Kerwin Bell? You know, there's no way to know any of this. I want to start over. I want a clean slate. I want to bring in a head coach who brings in their own people. I I want there to be a rapport between the head coach, the defensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator, and everybody below them. There should be an entire system of people brought in to change the culture. Um, so Sean King, as much as he's a nice guy, as much as he's a great recruiter for Tampa, as much as he's been a loyal bull, I don't see it. How about this? Another the one name on that list that's also really catching my eye. Actually, before before we jump into that, um, Ryan Ryan did bring up Kerwin Bell. I do. I do want to. I, I do want to jump on that quickly before we go go, go too much further. Sure. Brian John Marie was named uh, the interim head coach. I have a distinct feeling that Kerwin Bell uh, will be leaving USF before the end of the year. 
Oh, I agree. There's no way that he stays. He got hired to be under Charlie Strong. He can he can go back to where he was before and just you know leave off where he was and be totally fine. Um, his his offensive system, whether or not he was running it to the fullest extent, didn't work at USF. Was it with a rookie quarterback and um, you know a lot of injuries and some suspensions to the running backs and uh, wide receivers who couldn't catch a ball to save their lives for the first half of the year? Absolutely. But we didn't we didn't get to see what he can do to the fullest extent, in my opinion. I think there's several other factors leading into that, especially the fact that he has been a head coach previously. He came to be an offensive coordinator, and then when the head coaching position was became available, he was not given the head coaching position. I think that more than anything is going to cause him to leave USF. And in fact, there's a possibility that he didn't get the head coaching position because he's already made his intentions clear to leave USF. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Which is We're fine. Not in journalism, if, he gets, but... if he gets hired away, if he gets hired away, then it's the same situation we had last year. We don't have to pay him because he's going to get paid somewhere else, uh, which is preferred anyway. Do you really think he leaves though? Like, I mean, he he spent one year here, and it was it was not a good year. Uh, time and time again, our offense failed to produce. I mean, the storyline was the same. Our defense kept us in the game, and the offense failed to produce. Um, I just think if he if he he has ho- had coaching aspirations, and if he wants to build on those, he has to show that he can do it at the next level. I, I, it's fine and Dan, you did it at D two, but now you're at D one, um, in in a group of five conference, and you're just not able to hack it. I I don't think he leaves just yet. I think he's still gonna try to say like, hey, next year I've got my guys, I've got the them with another year of experience with it, um, and this is what it can produce if it actually produces anything. I can't remember the exact play on Friday night, but there was one play that leads me to think it scheme might necessarily not necessarily be the problem because there were a couple plays where the receivers were wide open and. Either the quarterback didn't see him, and whether it was McLeod or Evans, or they just flat out missed him. But because there was a play earlier in that game when it was either still seven nothing or fourteen nothing, where we stalled out on the drive, where McLeod makes that throw, it's first and goal, and then it's you know we get points on that drive, and suddenly maybe it's a little bit closer of a game. But uh, that's not a defense for how bad the offense was this whole year. But I'm just curious to see. I personally would like to see one more year of Kerwin Bell just to see, was it Charlie or was it him? Part of me doesn't give a shit whether or not it was him or, or Charlie. Part of me just wants to clean slate 100% and have a head coach who brings in their own guys. I um, I kind of agree with that, to be perfectly honest. I would not mind just a completely fresh slate. Um, and frankly, guys that are used to Florida recruits, because that's what we've got right now. And as much as Kerwin is a Southern football coach. I'm not, I'm not wholly certain he's a Florida football coach because again, he, 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 it it never felt like he really had his system working here, but he was trying to implement uh, some things of his system and it just wasn't working with what Florida has. And again, you you look at uh, his biggest recruit, uh, say Roadmaker. He's not, he's nothing like what USF has a quarterback right now. USF's got a bunch of guys who are pretty good with their feet and okay with their arm. Roadmaker, 
uh, is, has a fantastic arm. That's about all there is to it. It's like, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure that Kerwin is necessarily a Florida guy. And I think that's what USF needs. USF needs a Florida guy, which feels very weird to say. I'll be perfectly honest. It's been kind of interesting on Twitter today, especially looking at some of the current players and especially the former players. I know Rodney Adams has now joined the coalition of former USF greats who would uh, be interested in coming and coaching. Uh, Johnny Ford uh, doesn't seem to be too pleased uh, with that, uh, with the firing decision. But I just find it kind of cool how just some of the former players have reacted, how the fan base has reacted, because we know there's a fan base here. We know people care about this program. So this is arguably, I was also seeing on Twitter, this is the biggest coaching hire in our program's history because we are at such a crossroads here that the potential is there. I feel there's more talent on the squad for whoever, whoever takes over for Charlie. There's going to be more talent he has to work with than when Taggart came here and it was pretty much year minus one. So... This is this is a huge hire. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about what you just brought up. Uh, <clears throat> Quentin Flowers on Twitter tagged Michael Kelly, Rodney Adams, Matt Grothy, and Marlon Mack. How can we sit and meet about being great? Hashtag Bull Nation. Out of the guys on that list, Marlon Mack obviously isn't going to be the head coach of uh, USF. Marlon football. Mack is not going to be. He's off making millions for quite a while. He's making millions and millions of dollars in the NFL. However, As a starting running back. Right. Everybody else he tagged, uh, currently not in the NFL. Rodney Adams had a – his career in the NFL was cut pretty short. Um, he was with the Vikings for a very short spell. I think he could have been great. But then he went on to be a YouTuber for a while. I don't know if he's still doing that. Um, and then uh, Matt Grothy has all season long put his name at the top of uh, a lot of people's lists. Uh, he got hashtag higher growthy going. I don't know if he'll be a head coach, but it'd be cool to have Marlon, uh, to have uh, Quentin Flowers and Matt Grothy in the quarterback room. I don't know if you, I don't know how you do better than that. So let me, I, I, I do want to throw this out there. Um, Grothy's Twitter, um, Grothy's Twitter presence has not been of head coaching material let me put let me put it that way it has been very much less than ideal for that oh yeah sure it's it's it's, like to me it's a meme like i'm not gonna lie on that alone i kind of don't want him as as a coach at usf but that's not that's not a great reason but either way um i it would be interesting to see where Quentin Flowers might end up if he if he uh, somehow gets onto the staff because he has so many different applications for how good he is on offense. So, and supposedly that – supposedly one of the biggest plays in USF history, Q literally wrote that thing down the sand while uh, Sterling Gilbert was telling him to do something else. It's, if, he, if he can possess that kind of creativity as a coach, that would be quite something. It's just – he doesn't really have any experience there, and I'm, I'm not sure how I would feel about him entering a college coaching room without any prior experience like that. Same, and same with Rodney Adams, though I think I would feel a little bit more comfortable with Rodney Adams as the wide receiver coach than anything else because that, there's a lot of things technically that he did right that our current receivers are doing wrong, and, they're neat, and 
if he could if he could work with them to have that eye to detail that hey y'all got to do this correctly or else you're not going to catch anything i think that would help significantly what i've been trying to say uh was guys guys like grothy adams and 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 q um they're obviously not head coaching material out of the gate, right? But right. We, USF does have a penchant for hiring former players. Augie Sanchez is currently a defensive quality control analyst for the USF Bulls coaching staff. If we hire Q as an analyst, he probably would be making more money or equal money than what he's going to be making in the XFL. Um, same with Rodney, who, like you said, solid wide receiver, knows all the fundamentals that the current uh, roster guys are not learning or they're not picking up if you put if you put Q and Rodney underneath an offensive coordinator so they can learn for a few years uh, just like we're doing with Augie I really think that down the line when these guys have matured a little bit when they're in their 30s or 40s could if they stick with it be really good coaches <clears throat> position coaches and then above that where they go um, isn't the up in the air but I think you have to at least have these former players who give a shit and really, really want the best for USF to be part of the staff if they want to be part of the staff. After a while, if they turn out to be not good at coaching, you can let them go. But I feel like you got to have more people in the room who care. Even if none of those guys were to get hired onto the staff, I feel it's a big opportunity anyway. Look at the biggest thing that Michael Kelly has done different than Mark Harlan is that he's reaching out to alumni players and trying to keep make sure they're still involved in the program. How much goodwill would that buy if, Mike, if Michael Kelly takes time to sit down with Q, with Rodney, with Mac, with Grothy, with any of them, and just figure, it's like, what do we need to do? But I can also love the idea of Randall St. Felix spending the summer with Rodney Adams learning to be a better receiver. A better overall receiver rather than a one-trick pony. Because if Randall St. Felix can figure that out, he could be deadly. Another name that stands out to me is George Selvey. Bring him up on the uh, defensive side. Exactly. Ooh. Who is his mature, Ooh. who has a full career in the NFL. He's done. Um, who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. We need to be bringing these guys like him who have tons of experience. He could 100% be on the defensive coaching staff. He had like 10 years in the NFL under under guys like Steve Spagnuolo and, and other real big-name defensive coordinators. He probably learned a lot in the NFL. I would love to pick his brain. I'd, I definitely agree with that, though I also wouldn't hate if we somehow kept the entire defensive coaching staff so far because the defense was not the issue this year. They looked pretty good throughout most of the year. Um, obviously, they kind of sucked against Memphis, but also Memphis turns out to be quite good. Um, I wouldn't hate if we, if we hung on to what we've got defensively. So I would not like Grothy in any capacity on the coaching Fair. staff, to be honest. I think he's better set as a fan than he is as a coach. Um, just looking at his track record, he went to the UFL uh, and then the AFL uh, and, and, then, and then did nothing. Um, no coaching record to speak of that I know of or a quick Google search helped me out with. Um, Same for Q. I mean, love him. And I'd rather have him as a quality analyst control, whatever you want to call it, um, than I would growthy, to be honest. 
I think it's it's kind of the same idea as this podcast. I mean, it's a bunch of alumni that have good or bad takes, however you want it. <laughs> so what you're saying is is we should be the head coach of USF football. Yes, yes. I once won a Super Bowl <laughs> in Madden, uh, so I think that about qualifies me almost as much as growthy. Um, I'll bring the fourteen five defense. <laughs> I all right, Phil. I remember when I was when I remember last time. I remember the last time we had this, uh, the coaching search, TDS started doing bad coaching suggestions, and I was still writing for them at the time, and I suggested Arsene Wenger. I think my current suggestion would be Mauricio Pochettino. Poch. Poch. <laughs> um, but yeah, I do, I, I, do, I, do, I do agree with Juan about that. And I, the, I think another thing to, to consider is that I think – I I would like Q involved with the team somehow in at least a, in some sort of coaching aspect, not necessarily on like the coaching staff, but as a quality control guy, sure. Because right. of fact, I I think he I think he is an actual leader. I think he I think he can conduct himself in a way that would be beneficial to the team. Matt Grothy is very much a fan. I would not want me on the coaching staff for the exact same reason. I don't want Grothy on the coaching staff. I just think he's too far removed. Uh, from when he was playing, I mean, it, it's, the game's changed since then. It, I mean, not only that, but it's just it's been quite some time since he was suited up and all that. And I mean, if he can start out at a high, at a high school or whatever, and you know, get some success at that level, then bring him in. I mean, sure, um, but I think Q is still in that pl- place where like like Augie can still bring him back as like a quality control, whatever you want to call it uh, thing. It's a quality control analyst. That's what Augie Sanchez is who right, maybe right, they should right. promote after a year with the defense. The defense definitely wasn't the problem, but put him at linebackers coach. There's one other name on that list that the more I've read it and the more I've thought about it really makes sense to me would be Jeff Scott. Who's the co-offensive coordinator at Clemson. So one to have that disciple of uh, of Dabo and have that culture, I feel it could be could be helpful. He was practically born in Tallahassee, or sorry, practically raised in Tallahassee. His father spent over a decade on Bobby Bowden's staff. He um he led a uh, high school in South Carolina to a state title in its inaugural varsity season. Oh, and by the way, at Clemson, he's coached no fewer than ten NFL wide receivers. So if our wide receivers need help, that could that might not be a bad idea to kick the tires on him. Can we afford him? Hold on. So I think we're all focusing on the wrong thing. We're all looking at wide receivers and the offense or whatever. And nobody's talking about the god awful offensive dotted line. Well, it, yeah. It time and time again, I heard from announcers, "Wow, this offensive line is so good." And then time and time again, I saw us get sacked. We had what forty four sacks? Nope, that's the Dolphins. Sorry, we had. <laughs> Many sacks this year, um, and just I think at one point we had seven sacks against us in one game, and it's just there's we had nine there's one no game. way it's worse. There's no way you're supposed to develop a young quarterback and receivers who struggle to catch the ball if they're not in rhythm. If you're constantly having to just quickly go through your progressions and not let the uh, routes develop. I agree. So, with you. like, I, I, I see where you're going with this, 
But at the same time, I don't necessarily agree that that should be the focus of the head coach. No, because, no, no that's not yeah, what I'm saying. Because I'm just... unlike, yeah, because no, I, I agree. The offensive line absolutely needs some work. We need to hire we need to hire a damn good offensive line coach. Like Danny Hope, please, for the love of God, come back. Um and you but used to hate Bob. Unless, you used to hate Danny Hope. I yeah, yeah. I I was not wild about the hire, but man, he proved me wrong. But what I'm trying what I'm trying to say is like sort of Unless you're Wisconsin, that's not that's not really a hire that's going to work out. We I I do think we need we need a we need we do need a coach that's going to be thinking fast and all that fun stuff. But that coach is going to need to that coach is going to need to bring in a hell of an offensive line coach to whip that line into shape. I have a head coaching candidate for you that no one's mentioned yet. Okay, TJ Weist. Again, let, let me read you. Let me read you this resume, okay? I'm gonna start after. Let's start after the the. Um, let's start after 2000, okay? Western Kentucky offensive coordinator and associate head coach from 2002 to 2009. Cincinnati wide receivers coach. Connecticut offensive coordinator. Interim head coach, Connecticut. Michigan offensive analyst. South Florida offensive coordinator and wide receivers coach. Baltimore Ravens offensive analyst, Baltimore Ravens special teams coach. He's never been given a real head coaching opportunity at any level. He's been groomed to the best of his ability. This guy's resume is insane. He's a former USF coach. He would be jumping in at at head coach with an offensive mindset, which is something that I particularly want. Plus, he's done a lot of work with wide receivers who, again, this year could not catch balls. As a head coach in the interim or associate level in college football, he, he has a 4-5 and five record, which, not great, but nine games even at that level, but that was over, that was a long time ago. 2013 was his last head coaching attempt, and that was with Connecticut, of all places. Ouch. So, I think you bring in a guy like TJ Weist, who has this resume who has experience who's who might not be technically a florida guy right but has coached for usf before he actually has coached for a lot of our aac teams um he coached for michigan which is which you know that's juan's team um i think i think this is a guy who if i don't know what the ravens are paying him to be special teams coach but we need a, we our special teams have been shit for years. Oh dear God! Let's bring in this guy. Let's give him an interview. T.J. Weist, come to USF. Let's go. That's my guy. And just for me, he for if both fans remember, he was the interim head coach when Taggart went to Oregon. We were all at that bowl game. We were ready to play. I mean, sometimes it's very easy when your coach leaves not to show up to the bowl game. We take away what five minutes in the fourth quarter. That team was ready to play. They were very well coached. Uh, Ryan, I think that's a great idea. I mean, we should at least give him an option. At least interview him. See what he has to say. He got cautious in the second half. I'll give you that. But I would like to counter. If we only look at a single game, look at uh, USF versus Cincinnati. They looked ready to play, mm. and and based off of what parameters you just set. You, do you think Charlie Strong should be brought back? 
I didn't say it. You that's, said that's it. It's not the same argument I'm trying to make, though. I mean, because uh, let, let's be thanks. fair. We have Charlie's body of work. I mean, yes, I, I understand. DJ Reese only has one game, and that's fine. That's a fair argument. But I'm not saying give him the, the head coach job, but I would I'd, give him the head coach job. I, I would I would say at least interview him to hear what he has to say because right now he's on the coaching staff of the hottest team in the NFL. That's not true. The Ravens? Yeah, that's not true. Who's hotter you're, than the Ravens? The 49ers. Why you don't say that anymore? I would hear less. I would hear less. Juan is in denial. Juan is in denial. Never lost a game. <laughs> just, just, just for the just for our listeners at home, the 49ers are zero and one as of recording on this day. No, we're undefeated, never lost. <laughs> I'm leaving this one in. I, I'm going to point out, I have caught a lot of NFL talk out of these podcasts. This is the first time I'm leaving it in, um, because it is relevant. Uh, TJ Weist is, in fact, uh a coordinator on one of the hottest NFL teams right now. And I definitely wouldn't hate it if they, if they brought him on. I'm, I, I, again, I'm not sure how I feel about retreads, but I, I would hate that less than bringing Taggart on. I'll give you that much. Is he really a uh, retread if he's, if he goes from uh, offensive coordinator to head coach, or is that a promotion? It, it would be a promotion. I don't think that's a retread. Uh, I don't know. It's, because clearly he never had had a hand in the defense, and I doubt he would uh, if he became the head coach. Honestly, I expect he would go for he would go hire a uh, good defensive coordinator and just let him. All right, run the show, do your thing. Um, but as far as I could tell, he was basically running the offense like when Willie Tiger was involved. I mean, I can't remember exactly, but he had a heavy, heavy, heavy hand in that offense, and that's really what made that team. Gulf Coast offense. Please come back. Well, and there's the other thing. If we want, if we really want to run the Gulf Coast offense, we need Quentin Flowers, Mark too, and Agreed. those those kinds of quarterbacks don't grow on trees. I did see on Twitter someone was saying the argument about um, uh, Willie Taggart coming back, and it was well, if you want Willie Taggart to come back, you have to get Q back. See how impossible that is. I mean. I think Willie Taggart is a realistic uh, coaching candidate right now, to be perfectly honest, because of the fact that he does have that recent history with USF. And he does sort of understand the modern game. He just, you know, he, he, he didn't look particularly good at FSU. And, uh, yeah, look, I do think that, high, that firing for him was premature, but at the same time, it is what it is. I think we need the young, hungry coordinator that we were mentioning earlier who's going to want to win right away. And that's why, I mean – Look, I'm not going to lie. I'm not the most knowledgeable on other coordinators, so I'm just going off mainly on this Tampa Bay Times article. But there's two or three names on there that you know have piqued my interest, so we'll see. Uh, what do you guys think the time timeline on this hire is, especially you know National Signing Days in three weeks? Honestly, I'm pretty sure this happens after National Signing Day. I'm pretty. Yeah. I I would I would think right now they would. They would try to hold the status quo with the rest of the coaches they have on the roster, and then after players start signing, then I think we're going to see a couple more heads roll, which is very much not going to be fair to the to the players. But you know, it is what it is. But that, that's like, a debate, that's a debate for another podcast. That's a debate for a different podcast. Here's There's, a debate for this podcast. 
Alabama is out of the top five. Fuck yes. Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can't well, count 12. Well, that would be a meteoric rise to the top of the conference. I'll give you that much. Do we immediately go to the Big 12? <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, have, we probably have more of a chance. If we do that, we probably have more of a chance in UCF because they've been doing the whole horns down thing, and that pisses off Texas to no end. Do they really think that offends us? Oh, it's okay. Let's talk the war on I-4. Let's go we there. Have to. It's a- we have to. We're going to talk about the the uh, important things of the war on I four. Yeah, we're not going to talk about the game. We're not talking about the game. It was like Nazi Germany taking over France. It wasn't really much of a war. (laughs) Accurate. Um, come up with a different simile, one. (laughs) I don't know what still yet to tell you. (laughs) Oh my god! I'm sitting here in stunned silence. Um, um. So yeah, no, it's 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 still hilarious how UCF thinks that actually insults us. I honestly couldn't care less about it. But if they're trying to if if they're if they're trying to get into the Big Twelve, maybe don't be doing that because it actually does piss off Texas, and Texas is basically the gatekeeper. So you know UCF's never getting into the Big Twelve now. So well done, you've destroyed your own chances. You played yourself. You played yourself, UCF. Go suck a dick. Um. Nobody can meme anymore. What the fuck is going on? USF Twitter sucks. UCF Twitter sucks. This was the most boring Warren I-4 pre-football game I've ever seen in my entire life. We've been recycling the same 10 to 15 memes with also like the same four or five points for years now, and there's nothing new to talk about, and it sucks. Can we get some new memes, please? Can we get like a new coordinator for social media, honestly? All right, I'm putting my name. I'm putting my name on the list. Shout out to USF's Twitter uh, Twitter page. Y'all suck ass. Like, but you pulled it together for like literally one meme right before we lost the game. (laughs) The techno Rocky was pretty cool, though. That's what I'm saying. It was exactly meme. One good meme does not account for an entire week of Season. nothing. UCF hit us on like the Thursday night. Like it was it was immediate. And they, it was the hardest thing. They hit us, they hit us like this day dumb, after but it was their cool. previous game. Right. Like they were ready to go. We were just like, I hope everyone has a fun day at the game. I hope no one gets hurt. Go bulls. Hashtag bull strong. Arm emoji. Yeah. Sucks. I'm just, I'm, I'm mad about it, man. I'm just, I'm fuming. I even, I said, let, at, at USF Twitter, let me run, let me run your social, because I was all over that shit. Um, that's what we, I think we made up, we made up so many followers and so many new viewers and listeners that during the war in I-4, we like doubled everything that week. It was awesome. If I can run that Twitter account, and bitches, I'll do it for like, not very much money at all. Just like half of what you just paid Charlie Strong. Um, <laughs> it's so easy to make fun of the Knights, and yet we don't do it. They're the most delusional fan base in all of college football. USF, and they'll sit there. USF fair, social media is very, very, very sterile, and it's the. This is not how to do it in this modern age. You've got to right. have some personality. To be fair, though. What what exactly are you going to do 
when your team is four and seven, staring at the barrel, probably four and eight, you have a fan base that's at the point of just pure apathy. Like, yeah. What what are what are you what can you do at that point? Time to become self aware. Honestly, yeah, like, it's yo, time suck, to become self aware. It. <laughs> it's like, well, that it's like, well, that could have gone better. You know, there's so many things you can do as a social media coordinator to in- inspire your fan base or or make fun of someone else. Like, I was I was being tweeted at by like a dude who literally couldn't read what I wrote and then made, f- and then tried to come at me. And then it was like, bro, can you even read? And he was like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. You're right. And I'm like, yeah. Cause UCF doesn't even, you don't need to know how to read to go to UCF. There's so many things you can do in the moment without these like pre uh, approved uh, sterile, you know, articles or, Hey, look at what the coaches are doing, or look at the players. You know, leave the sterile things for the press releases and the gamers that go up on USF's site. Social media needs to be interesting. What USF social media is right now is the is so far from interesting that it's not even on the scale. It has fallen off into the abyss. FAU already burned him at the stake. I can't do worse. (laughs) This is this is legitimately accurate. As in, like, FAU legitimately burned Nitro at the stake. Like, what else do you want? You've got to be edgy. You right. have to toe the line. Like, a team that has no rivalry with UCF other than we're also in Florida, but with a head coach with a personality like Lane Kiffin uh, and a social media team that gives a shit, said, let's just do this fun thing and have a bonfire while burning <laughs> Nitro. <clears throat> like a 20 foot nitro and have the fret. It was in like the freshman dorms. Like it was like a huge deal. People were around it. There were things happening. That's like a fun thing. It doesn't get much more threatening than burning an effigy. Exactly. Like, they lost. They lost. They, they, they lost, but they man, it was funny. Yeah. It was, it would show a personality that, that we don't have. And it sucks that we don't have one. We had a personality when, when Tagger was here, we had swagger. We had Coach T drive this bus. We had the, the team had swagger. The social media was still kind of this. The social eh. media still put out the 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 videos. Coach T drives this bus. That was okay, that was, but that, that was, was meme of the year. Well, yeah, but that was really only because like someone else had personality. It's like just just because it, that was handed to them on a silver platter. They can't. They didn't come up with anything by themselves. I don't know the logistics of it. I don't know how it came to be. I'm just saying that. The it seems like the social media team uh, acts like the 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 messaging that they want for the for the football team. When it was Taggart, it was a little bit more punchy. You know, it wasn't edgy by any means, but that was kind of pre edgy Twitter, and it was uh, it was fun to a degree. Now it's like you know, Willie was not a fun guy. Nothing he ever said was was interesting to say the least it was just basically the same regurgitated crap every week from him um and the social media reflected that so a lot of your team's personality is in how you act online and should we be respectful yes should we you know acknowledge you know our what we're good at yes but should we also acknowledge and be self-aware 100 percent. should we uh connect more with the, the with the people yes Right now, it's like robot, uh, robotic. 
uh, social media and I don't appreciate it. But that's my rant on social media. What's next? Other I sports? I don't even know. Uh, yes. Um, UCF all of our sports lost to SMU. Okay, well, most importantly, most importantly, UCF lost to SMU and SMU advances to the Elite Eight in the NCAA tournament. That is all. Let's laugh and point. Uh... <laughs> and, and can, we, can we appreciate? Can we appreciate that normally it drives us absolutely nuts when SMU does all that diving crap and they got a penalty kick in that game, but I, I think we'll let this one go. Oh my god, that was one of the worst dives I've ever seen. Holy crap. We were at that game when SMU was here, and it was like anytime you breathed on one of them, they just went to the ground. But I will always enjoy a good pointing and laughing at that school to the east. Doesn't bother me that they lost to SMU again. It's just annoying. That, it's just annoying that SMU plays that way. Like play soccer, twats. Don't play dive ball. They're good enough that they don't need to do that crap. They're good. Yeah, they're good enough. They don't have to play dive ball. Okay, play football. Play the beautiful game. Don't act like twats. Um, I'd I'd go into basketball, but all I really want to say is that the women's team should not play in Mexico ever again. <laughs> they looked very very young this weekend. And does someone want to reel off the scores? Um, I don't have oh, the scores. Oh, they oh. lost three games. Learning curve setting in. Growing pains. We know Jose will figure it out, but a rough weekend there. The men didn't do any better, uh, dropping the last two after a win over Loyola. So our win over Loyola was literally our only win this week. So not a great week for USF. No, definitely not. Um, if Tyler were here right now, he'd be saying, yeah, I had a feeling there was going to be some growing pains with women's basketball. And I would be sitting here, yep, you were completely correct on that. They definitely were they definitely showed young tendencies this week and they couldn't shoot consistently. It looked like the, the whole exciting trip to Cancun, Mexico kind of got to them, which is unfortunate because they did show some flashes of brilliance, but you know, that's not enough when you're playing some very good programs sometimes. And clearly it wasn't enough to beat some programs that they probably should be beating. I understand that FGCU is actually quite good, but we probably should be beating them 10 times out of 10. It is what it is. Um, yeah, this is this so this is a work in progress season. I, I will say uh, I, I did a little bit more digging during the week. I had uh, I had most of Friday off, so I was doing a little bit of digging on the teams we were playing. And you know, South Dakota State beat Notre Dame, so they're a pretty quality program. They'll be a tournament team. FGCU has been pretty solid this year. Notre Dame's Notre Dame, and we still played them pretty well. I mean, we were in all the games until the fourth quarter. We just went cold for a little bit and that was it. So they'll, they'll be okay. We're still a very young team. They'll, they'll be okay. It, it's frustrating, but definitely no reason to hit the panic button. I just want to point out Ryan Cortland Sutton is single-handedly beating you in fantasy right now. That's okay. Juan, I need you to lose this week. So I have a prayer to get in the playoffs. If I, I lose this week, I'm not in the playoffs. I think. I think if yep. I lose to Carl, it's over. Look at my bench. I think we've. I think this is the point of the point of the season where we just don't have a whole lot to talk about, so we devolve into talking about our fantasy teams. And I'm not sure we. I'm not sure I can cut this out when I'm editing later because we won't have enough material otherwise. Oh, that's fine. We don't need to have a long we episode. Need, we just need the material. We all know what the main event of this podcast was. Yeah, we've already hit that. So um, I mean, there's there's good. Yeah, we. I mean, we've already hit the main point. I have a whole lot to talk to about. Make. 
Yeah. Um, okay, so if you are excited for this podcast to keep growing and doing amazing things, um, we have just confirmed that Brooks Larkin, former USF football player, will be on the show for episode 10 uh, to help us do our, our uh, football season-long roundup. Uh, we're going to go over from, from every single game, uh, basically football in general. I can't think of a smarter first guest to have when it comes to football um, and talking about it than a former player. Uh, if you don't remember Brooks Larkin, he was the guy who did that amazing uh, split during the Warren I-4 game a few years ago. Um, but he was a killer uh, offensive lineman um, for the Bulls, for, uh, for the games that he played. Um, and I'm excited to have him on the show. He actually reached out to us. I'm super, super excited to have him on the show. I'm very curious to see um, see what he's going to have to say, especially, you know, they say linemen have to be the smartest guys on the field. Exactly. It's going to be fun. Uh, so definitely tune in to episode 10. I know this was a shorter episode, um, but it was basically Coach Strong got fired. What comes next? Uh, Do we want to talk a little bit about some of the other action that happened around the league? Because this was a fun weekend. Uh, go ahead, man. We can cut it up any way you want. So, Cincinnati, Memphis, take one. Can we, can, we, can we first acknowledge the fact that that was simply game one of that series this year? And yeah, that Cincinnati next week? in the same place. <laughs> it legitimately, Memphis beat Cincinnati 34 to 24. Basically to say, or basically to confirm that they'll be playing in Memphis next week again for the this time for the conference championship. Wow. I have a hard time seeing that game. Else is winning the conference title this year. I have to agree with that, but I'll, I'm also sitting here like I have a hard time seeing that game going any other way. Honestly, it's not like a couple. It's not like a couple bounces caused that game to go the way that it did. I think I think Memphis legitimately earned that win. I think they're going to earn that win again, and Memphis is going to walk away with the conference title. And, yeah. Congratulations on your New Year's Six Bowl, Memphis. If they win. If they win. If, whoever, if they win. Whoever wins that game, he was proud. No, that said, if uh, Boise State beats the tar out of their opponents this upcoming week, which I am looking up right now, if Boise State beats the tar out of Hawaii and Memphis doesn't win convincingly, then... Boise State might just jump them. However, Memphis winning back-to-back weeks against a 10-win Cincinnati team is probably going to look better than Boise State uh, beating a 9-4 Hawaii team. So there's that. I'm pulling for Cincinnati just for their meme against UCF once they beat them. <laughs> okay, I, you know what? Fine. <laughs> I, can get on, I can get on board with that. Go Bearcats. Um, UC is a nice place. So, here, so here, here's a shout for you guys. I think Mike Norvell... Uh, this is his last season at uh, Memphis. I think he gets hired by FSU. Interesting. That's a that's a good take. We don't do good yeah. takes here. You're fired. All right. <laughs> let's let's all uh put up our our coach uh, uh prediction. Who do we hire? I'm gonna say and... T.J. Weist. Oof. Carl. Oh man, I really have no idea. There's so many ways this could go right now because it just happened today. Yeah, pick, pick one. one of the names we mentioned. Christ, I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to say that USF takes the easy route and rehires Willie Taggart. I'm not saying that I'm not happy about saying that, but that's what I'm going to go with. All right, Phil. I don't have enough to make a prediction, so I'll just go with the name on the list that I would personally like with Jeff Scott at uh, Clemson. Nice, nice. I personally want Baby Yoda. That's who I'm. <laughs> Baby Yoda. <laughs> no love for Grandma. No love Every... for Grandma. Every ball seems to go perfectly to the wide receivers, but we don't have any idea why because it's some random noodle arm guy they picked up off campus. <laughs> And they can't prove that it's not the force. <laughs> I think baby we all Yoda's know the perfect coaching hire. Uh, yeah, hundred percent, baby Yoda. I'll, okay, so if you if you're confused about what the hell we're talking about, um, I put up a poll about an hour from the beginning of this podcast. It says, "Who do you want as the next USF football head coach?" Wrong answers only. <clears throat> uh, the answers I gave were Grandma, she's a sweet old lady, the Kool Aid Man. Baby Yoda and Jim Levitt. We all know it's not going to be Jim Levitt. Um, and it shouldn't be. But right now, it's 0% votes for Grandma, 26.7% votes for the Kool-Aid Man. Uh, Jim Levitt with 33 and a third percent chance. And Baby Yoda leading the pack at 40%. For the memes, guys. For the memes. <laughs> so go out and vote for Baby Yoda this election season. Can we quickly – all right, I'm, I'm going to go back to um, games around the um, league this week. Can we quickly talk about that freaking Iron Bowl? Did anyone else see it? Yeah, Ben McCain went on a kick. It's written in law. It, oh, my – what a game that was, though. Like, that was that, – that, that game as a whole was better than the, kick, than the original kick six, to be honest. I think you said the game as a whole was better than the single kick where they missed – um, so that makes sense. Yeah, no, yeah, I didn't get I didn't get a chance to watch it this year. I'm I'm, I'd say I'm disappointed if I wasn't if I wasn't at work when it was going on. That oh my word, what a duel that was all day. And Matt Jones for Alabama, like he he put out a pretty good game, but uh, throwing those two picks for 14 points ain't going to help you. And the fact that one of them came off basically the ass of his tight end and was picked up by the. Uh, Auburn corner that was when that happens it's like okay we're in full chaos mode and Auburn's gonna win this game we so I had um you know when 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 you work in sports and you have um you know you have the games up on in your booths that you're working when your game's not on typically it is set to different games and we did have that was the few minutes we did have the iron bowl up at work was right as we're we're helping some people one of my students looks up and I hear oh my God, oh my God, and we all look up and the guy from Auburn's running the other way and we all knew they were on the one. And yep. that, was, that was insanity. But 100-yard pick six. And then later on, Alabama with a chance to tie it, playing a 33-yard field goal off the upright. That's not the and real story of the game. The real story is Alabama not counting to 11, but getting fooled off sides because Auburn had the punter lined up um, as a receiver and almost fooled Bama into thinking, oh, they might be going for this. Then while they were subbing, suddenly they run back and snap the ball. Oh, that was truly one of the greatest trick plays I've ever seen. And it wasn't even a play. Like that, that was truly spectacular by Auburn there. Like, I'm, I'm not sure which was a better trick play this weekend, that or the, the one that the uh, Miami Dolphins pulled off today. 
the Dolphins win was amazing, and it was spearheaded by the most insane trick play I've seen in football in the in, uh, the mo- in the, the NFL, most insane in, like, like actual trick play in the NFL. I've seen a long, long time. You guys think that's what the Colts were trying to do a couple of years ago? Exactly what they were trying to do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. So let me let me ex- quickly explain uh, Miami's Fuck trick Philly. play that happened today. Miami uh, on the two yard line lines up in the monster set. For those of you who don't know what that is, that's the center and the person receiving the snap in the shotgun, and everyone else is split out wide. Three linemen on one side, two on the other. Wide receivers are all over the place, and they this is this this is their placeholder receiving the snap. Their kicker's lined up wide. They they legitimately snap the ball. There's two people. There's two people uh, in the center, and the center goes and blocks the one. The placeholder rolls out to the side that he blocks on. Everyone co- starts collapsing on it. The kicker goes out in what's he, and pretends to throw a block into someone, then slips past into the end zone, and the placeholder shovel passes it in. It was amazing. It was and it was abs- and it was executed absolutely perfectly. It could not have gone any better. It was glory. It was just pure glory. That's all. There, that's really all there was to it. And I'm not sure if that was the better trick play or Gus Malzahn with the punter out wide hoodoo that they pulled on Bama. <laughs> it was that was a low blow, but man, it was great trickery by Auburn there to finish it off. This was a fun weekend for football, honestly. Like other than USF, which we all saw coming. And I got another one I uh, that was not quite enjoyable. Well, yeah, but Nobody cares about we also Oklahoma all saw Phil. that coming as well. Okay, I have. I want to continue a rant that we had a few weeks ago. All right. Lane Kiffin is never coming to the University of South Florida unless we play him in a football game. This is accurate. Please stop suggesting it, everyone. We can't afford Lane Kiffin's buyout in FAU in the first oh, place. Regardless of that. Uh, I keep hearing, oh, FAU has fallen off considerably. They may fire Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin's out. Lane Kiffin to Lane Kiffin to USF almost confirmed. You are morons. Shut the fuck up. I would say. I would F- say. Uh, hold on. Hold on. FAU is going Ryan to be the done. CUSA championship game next week for the conference. Fire him. In what fire universe him. Do, does fire anybody him. at FAU fire Lane Kiffin? Son of a bitch. Fire him. They went from good enough first conference USA. Bin him. They went from 112th to first nationally in turnover margin in one season. Okay. They passed Alabama this week. I follow Lane Kiffin, so he just retweets all this stuff. ESPN's given FAU an 81% chance of winning next week's game for the uh, conference title. They're playing UA fucking B. The Owls are winning this game. No, shit can Lane Kiffin. <laughs> oh, he's, he's coming to the USL. He's going to be fired. He he's wants coming. <laughs> conference champion, Benham. Not okay. good enough. And I'm, I'm he sorry. needs those quality losses, Ryan. He needs quality losses. I, don't, I just don't understand, man. Six and like, six or die. <clears throat> who would ever think that he would leave the perfect situation in Boca Raton? It's hot. <laughs> the girls are cute. He's Lane Kiffin. <laughs> they built him a train, the Lane Train. USF would never do any of these things. We have we have cute girls, but everything else, all right. 
We're nowhere near the beach. He likes the beach. He commands a 10-year contract from day one. He'll command a 10-year contract worth millions and millions of dollars. People think, oh, it's a step up from Conference USA to the American. Is it really if you're a coach who played who who coached for Alabama and Tennessee and the Oakland Raiders? I don't think he gives a shit about doing anything except coaching for FAU anymore. The dude is 100% not ever going to be a USF football head coach. He won't. Shut the fuck up. And that's I think it. we need to end on that. It might be worth just to say, hey, you interested, but just to say you tried, but that ain't happening. It's just not happening. Don't even, don't even bother asking him, honestly. I mean, the, the advantage of that is to say, hey, we tried. I just, I just see so many people saying, "Oh, hire Lane Kiffin, hire Lane Kiffin." We're not like, we're not like in a conference where we can go pick and choose guys who are successful in like smaller programs. Listen, they have their own goddamn stadium, and we don't. It's right? truly amazing how many, how many comments I've seen saying, "Hey, we need to hire someone with a track record." It's like, what in the hell makes you think that we can a afford someone and b attract them to us if they have a proven track record? They're probably in the Power Five. Why would they downgrade themselves? Use your damn heads, USF. Come on, it's guys. Whoa. What the hell? We cannot get someone with a proven track record. We're going to have to take a chance. That is what we are now. Accept reality as it is. Don't be UCF. It's just dumb, man. It's just dumb. And I I understand we're hoping for something big. We're hoping for a big splash, but Lane Kiffin's not that splash. If something happens, it could happen. Uh, Again, we are known for bad takes on this show, so sorry for these steaming hot burning amazing takes uh will immediately shut down how about this if lane kiffin is ever the head coach of usf football i will personally delete every episode of this show from the internet and then burn my macbook because this is fucking ridiculous (laughs) you can just say you'll eat a shoe (laughs) i don't want to digest a shoe i'd rather have to buy a new computer but this is Okay, so let's, 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 let's not let's not delete all our work so far because I won't yeah, talk about those damn podcasts. You fuck. Now that we're uh, finally getting a little momentum, if listen, you can burn your MacBook. That's fine. I'm, that's how that's how faithful I am in in my hot take just now. Is that and in my rant against our own our own people? It's just it's, it's just inane to me. It makes no sense. You're out of your goddamn minds. Please so stop. so there so there's the bet. If Lane Kiffin ever becomes the head coach of USF, Ryan will burn his MacBook. There you go. There it is. There you go. And that means thank ever. you for listening for this week. Have a good night. Yeah, fucking peace out, ladies. <laughs> before we before we head off, I do want to give a uh, shout out USF hockey. A week from today, at one o'clock at uh, the Advent Health Center in Wesley Chapels, playing number one Michigan. Go Blue! On a seven game win streak. So see if they can do that. Go support them. And. Uh, be sure to vote on our podcast on our uh, Twitter page. Who should be our next uh, head coach? We are at, at Bulls Eyecast. Baby Europe.